Thank you for joining us today at River City Church, a church living in love. If you have a prayer need, would like to speak to a pastor, or have questions about today's message, please email us at info at rivercitysmyrna.com. For more information or to give to the ministries of River City Church, please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com. We hope you are encouraged by today's message. God. Good morning. Hallelujah. It's a beautiful day. Hallelujah. We thank God for this day. This is the day the Lord has made for you and me. What are we going to do with it? Rejoice. Hallelujah. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. We're going to rejoice in this day. Hallelujah. So I am Patience, Patience Hagen, and we're going to read Psalm 51. It's a powerful psalm. Have mercy on me, O Lord, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, you delight in truth in the inward being and you teach me wisdom in the secret heart. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Let me hear your joy. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you have broken rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart. Hallelujah. Oh, God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Hallelujah. Restore to me the joy of salvation. How come the Lord is talking about joy too much? There are about four joy in this scripture. There's a reason. The devil will try and take your joy this week, but no, no. Nope. Resist it, refuse it, because your joy is your strength. Hallelujah. Your joy is your strength. Hold on to it. Righteousness, peace, and joy is from the Holy Spirit. 
hold on to the Holy Spirit. Entangle with the Holy Spirit and let his joy be your strength. Hallelujah. And he inhabits in our praise. Did you know that? That when we praise God, we enthrone him. He says our praises enthrone him. We want to enthrone him. The king of glory, the prince of peace, the ancient of days, the everlasting one. We want to enthrone him. And he has given us the right to enthrone him. He's already king of kings. But he says, I want my people to enthrone me. Father, we enthrone you today. Jesus, we enthrone you today. Come, almighty God, eternal father. Come and sit in our praises. We worship and adore you. Hallelujah. God, I think it's so beautiful. Um, this song is a reminder on this Who We Are Sunday of who we are. As your sons and your daughters, people who have built our foundation on your love that is sure. And God, may we embody your love this morning. It's not only we can build our life on your love, but we can build bridges to the people in our community, to the hurting, to the broken, to each other that we will be so motivated and inspired by your love, so confident in who we are as your creation, that we will go to any lengths to share your kingdom and your good news. I pray today that we would leave this Sunday not only with a more clear idea of who we are as a community, but who we are as your sons and your daughters, your beloved children, and that we would feel inspired to bring your love and good news to others. In Jesus' name, amen. We love our church. It really feels like a family, very much like Smyrna. And we know God has placed us here to reframe what the good news of the gospel is. Our prayer is in Smyrna as it is in heaven. And as a church, we ask, what does this look like? How can we become this beautifully diverse and kingdom-oriented body? How can we create space to orient our hearts to the good life of the kingdom? For us, we find these answers gathering at the family table. We gather over the Eucharist, over worship, over scripture, prayer, and conversation. We gather on Sundays and we gather during the week because it's a priority to be together. Our children also gather with us and separately as they discover God and experience who he is. So our Sunday gatherings are an invitation to participate, not to just watch, but really to be involved in the body of Christ. We're learning to hear each other and to discern God's voice and how his spirit is moving among us. We are engaging and encountering God and each other in all kinds of ways. We are embracing all the messy and awkward aspects of community because we've seen such beauty in the mess and unpredictability. We also love the historic practices of the church. The church has given us this rich ancient tradition of ways to encounter God. And we wanna reclaim that and restore that. We wanna use those disciplines to create space, both individually and corporately, and create this rhythm to pursue God and to rest. It is out of this rhythm of work, rest and play that our city is transformed. We love to be in our city, our neighborhoods, schools, parks, and shops to build relationships with those who are there. And this is not necessarily on our terms or timetable. 
The Spirit of God is already at work here and we're discerning where and how to partner as we listen. The story of the people of God is still being written and we are humbled to find ourselves in it. You guys cool if we use your images for a video? Thank you. Yeah, um, so that was awesome, right? So we, so the story of that video is not that we just want to create a video. It feels like we're video church in the last three months, though. It's like video for this, video for that. You get a video, Ralph. <laughs> Everyone gets a video. Um, something we've... We had actually a conversation this morning in Wise Council as we pray and continue to seek God. Uh, part of my history is that I've been a part of churches that have spent way too much time on figuring out how to promote themselves and gather people. And even this week, we're all receiving invites in the mail for all the churches that we can visit on Easter. And so I've come from that culture of being really good at those things, but maybe missing the mark where it really mattered, the things you just heard in that video. And so... Um, so about six months ago, we were thrown into a seeking time, and the reason was because we knew we had to make a decision based on our space in about six months. And as soon as we began fasting, we heard very clearly, this is not what you're fasting with, is not about you finding a location. I really actually sensed that point, God say, I'm going to find your spot. I need you to go deeper. I need you to draw, draw away with me. And so he made it about who we are and about understanding the nature of our body. And I thought it was really interesting because about five years ago, a friend of mine told me that for any organization, no matter who you are, if you're a business owner, you probably know this, you really don't know who you are until you're about three or four years in. You start to realize this is our character, this is our nature. And I really started to sense that. I, I felt like as I looked around the room that we felt like we had a true identity as a church we actually asked questions to you guys at that point, and almost all of you, we read them in staff, were things like, River City Church is a warm church. It's a loving church. It's a healing church. It's a place for renewal. It's not an overly religious church. We celebrate historic church, but it's a place that feels like family. Almost all of you had something like that, family, love. And, and so we felt like, okay, this is who we are, but what is God asking us to do about it? And so instead of spending all of our time finding a space in Smyrna. And we did our due diligence. We looked at everything that was available. We called people. We talked to the people in this group that knew things. We kind of put that to the side and started to dive into God. We fasted together. We prayed. And the first significant thing that happened for me, and this is so cheesy but so important, is I looked at our previous logo. And the way we got our first logo was because logos in my historic life were so important for the church that you were a part of because it was your brand. And if you don't have a brand... What are you doing? Like how, Jesus, if he were here, would definitely have a brand, right? He would be branded. So for me, when we started this church, I spent maybe a week on it, and I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just like, okay, that seems cool. I sent it to some guys in Charlotte. They made a surfy-looking beach logo, and to me, that was fine. I wasn't going to worry about it, and I think even there's some endearment to it. But as we looked back on it a few months ago, I got to the point with our name and our logo, and this is me just being honest, where... I started to feel like that doesn't really represent us. And I started to wonder if our name represented us. We're not changing our name, so don't freak out. But I started to wonder, like, and then I kind of had this mantra that I would share with people, staff and, and some friends I'm about to introduce, or not introduce you, but tell you about, that 
because it's our name and because we chose it, we just own it, whether we like it or not. Like, we own the logo, too, if we don't like it or not. And, and I just was like, that's fine. That's what we're going to do. It was our decision. I don't think it's the best representation of us. And so I had a friend who has a company called Lumenum, and um, they come in and they help basically not figure out how to promote your church, which would shut down conversations with me almost instantly. They help you see the heart of the organization you lead and then help present that to the people so that it's clear for people, right, who we are and what we are. So they came in, and he started to remind me, basically his name is Stephen, of the reason why we chose what we did, River City Church. And the reason, this is pretty significant, is one, there's been two times in my life where there's been a significant prophetic word given about Psalm 1. I'm going to read to you Psalm 1 right now, okay, so you guys can follow along. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. I want to, I want to praise break there for one second and remind you of last week's message where Jesus talks about the law and how he comes to fulfill the law and creates a dependence upon himself within it. It's not anymore just about following the law as much as it is about Jesus coming to accomplish the law, right? So our dependency is now on him with that in mind, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields its fruit in its season and its leaves does not wither. In all that he does, he prospers. The wicked are not so, but they are like chaff that the wind drives away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked will perish. So this verse for me is what our name comes from coupled with the church that we came out of was called Riverstone, and we wanted to pay homage to them because they helped restore Sarah and I in ministry, basically. They helped bring life back to what it meant to be in leadership and not make it about the leaders or about a thing or about attacking the city for Jesus. They helped to remind us the reasons why we wanted to do church and be in ministry, and that was to love people well. And so the staff there took time with me and a broken pastor who needed to slow down and be filled and realize it's not about performance or building my own brand. We needed to be reminded that. So when we started this church, that was why. River City Church. So a little understanding for you. The reason why those words are significant to me now. And, they, and this, my name, our name now to me, when I think of it, I have pride and honor and I'm thankful and I want you to be involved in that. So river, the first word, it's about reliance in Psalm 1. A tree planted next to not a river is not growing. The tree is dependent on the river. We, you, this body is dependent and reliant on Jesus 100% of the time. If he builds it, if he leads it, if it's guided by him, it will be good. If it's ever us, if we decide our tree just looks better on a mountain because mountains are sweet, so we're just going to move our tree to a mountain and there's no river by it, that tree will what? We are a reliant people. Without him, we pray, we seek, we ask you to do that. We slow down services and make them sloppy and uncomfortable and not seeker friendly because of that. Because we want you to know that right up front, without this portion of it, we're just doing cool stuff that people do. We need Jesus, first and foremost. We seek, we pray, we listen. Does that make sense? Number two, city reach. This is the part that we have to be out there, right? I once had someone say this to me that 
your church really should, if it wasn't in the city you live in, the people around that are not a part of your church should be able to talk about your church like this. It was so much better when they were here. They did so much to pour into our city. They served so well. They loved so beautifully. They were there when bridges needed to be built. They were there when people were broken. When people were being hurt and harmed, they were next to them helping them. Our church, and we started this too early, really, wanted to partner with our city and build bridges even before we had the means to do it. So we have things we can point at, like Carriage House, Campbell High School, New Adventures, we're starting possibly this down here. Our church is relying on Jesus, and then we reach out into the city. And to a fault, according to people around me, and I know it is, I focus so much on that that sometimes I forget that it is important for this to grow and, and numeric. But to me, if we are, however big we are, this is the amount of impact we should have in this city. If 250 of us were loving this city extremely well, this city will change. And imagine if we had 1,000, which we don't, the city should change. Number three, roots. We don't want to apologize that we love the practices and the things that have sustained the body of Christ for 2,000 years. We don't want to pretend like we now have all these new answers that everyone needs to listen to because we are the, the people who finally get it. We have been handed the most beautiful thing ever to steward for maybe 60, 70 years, and then we hand it to someone else. And there are things that have gotten us to this spot that we want to honor. We have connections to history. This is a beautiful story, but it's given to us, right? It's been shared with us. So we, the scriptures do that. The body of Christ around us do that. The different forms and the ways that we do it do that. In this room alone, I was thinking about during worship how there's this beautiful collision of people coming from these historic practice churches who feel like maybe those churches were dead and they're looking for life. And then there's these people coming from these ridiculously crazy churches that only focused on high emotion and high energy. And if you didn't have that, you weren't living for Jesus, that are just looking for the real. And they're all meeting together in this room, and there's space created to honor one another, and they're searching, right? It's not about the form. It's about the search. And Jesus is always going to be found if we're seeking with our whole hearts. To me, those things happen in honoring what's been before us and then honoring one another. So we're reliant. We reach the city, and we, we don't shy away from our roots. I don't even think the, the, the whole seeker-sensitive thing, I don't want to emphasize that too much because there's some things about that that's been beautiful, but there's some things we've removed from the church that have really hindered us. There used to be an open time of confession in churches. Can you imagine first time at a church, you walk in, you're like, yeah, what's up, guys? It's Confession Sunday. All right, we'll see you guys. <laughs> Every time they gathered, these things that they would do together that just made it easy to self-reflect. We don't create any space for self-reflection. Praise God and get out of here and have energy. Like that's a lot of the evangelistic churches in America. We don't create space for these things that really matter. Do you know when you're broken inside? Do you know that when you're broken deeply inside, it's not just important to scream out to Jesus. Sometimes it's important to sit, prostrate before him and self-reflect and say, I am broken and I need you. And just to cry out. Some of these things that we've removed from the church baptism, the Eucharist, these are centering things that are transformative to a much deeper level than just high energy. Does that make sense? We want to celebrate those things. They will ground us when we don't feel great or when we feel great. Does that make sense? And they've been handed to us by Jesus. We're not better than Jesus. So let's just remember that. All right. So the logo, 
This is the goofy part, but it means something. I want you to understand this. This is our actual logo now. What does it mean? So the, the greenish part behind it is a river kind of going away. So like going away. Do you guys get it? It's not that kind of river. It's like, it's maybe poetic. You know, it's like a little poetic. It's going away. And guess what that is right in the center of the river? A tree. It's planted in the river. We're like Psalm 1 nothing. We're in the river. <laughs> We're in it. Psalm 0.5. So the tree is planted in the river. This is directly from Psalm. And then the leaves up top are basically the idea. It's kind of, again, poetic. This is the fruit that's, you know, nothing, nothing that we do outside of coming from Jesus is going to be beneficial. So everything that comes through us needs to be started in Jesus, creating space, creating space to be in this river. And this, just, this does not just look like doing the Eucharist or praising loudly. This looks like self-examination to the point of actual spiritual growth, not just celebrating one day a week. This happens by walking with Jesus. And out of that comes fruit that can last in any season and leaves that don't wither. And that's what we reach our city with, the fruit, right? We don't have to build it. We don't have to add it on it. It comes through because of the product. That is our logo. Does that make sense to you guys? Now, our logo makes more sense to all of us, hopefully. So, the other things that have been a little bit transitioned are these things on the walls, right? So, two of them stayed the same, spiritual form, community transformation and living in love, right? So, I'm going to walk you through these so that you understand them. And those are the leaves at the top. The four things, those are those things, right? Those are our branches. So, the, the name of the church, kind of broad, the branches, this is how we practice. Okay, so I'm going to read you the first one. This is living in love. At our family table, there is room for everyone. We feast on generous love, grace, and encouragement, unity in our diversity. We follow Jesus who lived in community, who was broken for community, who gave for community. We focus on this so much. If you've been here at all, everyone say living in love. Living when we asked you guys to say the four parts of the church vision, I think two of you, knew what they were, and that's okay. So we made them bigger. Hey, who reads good? Who's good read? All right. That's living in love. That's what that means. And what we mean by that is we create space for people in this room who worship differently, who are in different parts of life. If this person is mourning over here, we walk with them. If this person is so joyous that they need to share with somebody, we walk with them. If this person comes from this branch of the church, if this person has never stepped foot in a church before, we create space for them. And it's why we have a table in the middle of the room. There's a table there. We welcome people to the table. Number two, you can pull up, Bill. Creating space. This is such a big one. We've changed this language a little bit from word, worship, and prayer. And for some of us, this was, this was hard for me because you're trying to say you're removing word, worship, and prayer from the church, buddy? And we're not. We just know that just saying word, worship, and prayer is just saying that. But the actual thing that needs to happen for those things is creating space. Without creating space, it's just fun to have on a website, right? Like, make sure they believe in the word. But a lot of churches believe in the word and really just kind of do their own variation of it. So we create space for these things. And we literally do this in what we practice. That's why there's one night. That's why we have prayer and this weeks. We're going to have a whole week next, 
of prayer. That's why we preach through the Gospel of Mark for a year. These are important things that we practice. This is what it means to know Christ and become like Christ. We must create space. In the openness of our time and schedules, we reach toward the light of revelation, enjoying the mystery of the faith and the freedom of self-discovery. We flourish as we, in turn, create space for each other. Creating space is maybe one of the most things most mentioned in our church. Raise your hand if you've heard somebody say that before here. That's a big deal. Number three is spiritual formation. Used to be disciple-making disciples. Disciple-making disciples, we felt, has kind of become another one of those Christianese terms that is just what you're supposed to say because it's part of the Great Commission. So what does that really look like? We would call that spiritual formation. And this is something that we've been practicing for at least the last year. We've been doing groups called 12. Sarah's now over spiritual formation. It involves so much more than just doing a devotion and coming to church. It is about the complete reorienting of our whole lives to the life of Jesus Christ. It takes more than just a couple days a week. So we knew that we would need to focus on that. It's very important. And this is what it means. As a church, we are always looking for ways to be formed by God and to pursue the good life of the kingdom as opposed to our version of the good life, which all of us usually live. We reorient our hearts to love God through a healthy rhythm and liturgy inspired by the early church, one that includes spiritual friendship, faith practices, and rest. This should be very intriguing to you. This is such um, the most beneficial form of discipleship I've ever walked through has been in the last two years. And I am from seminary. I grew up in church. I, knew, I know all of the church things that you're supposed to do. I've done the Bible studies. I've done the 40-day books. These things that have been given to us are more formative than all of those. I'm challenging you and all of these that this one becomes something on the front of your radar this year. It's such a big deal. Community transformation. Now, this is the last one, and this is the one that our whole network shares most closely. This really kind of binds our network together, and I'll read it to you. We pray the prayer in Smyrna as it is in heaven, believing that the gospel story is good news to our community. We look to build bridges, leverage our influence, and humble ourselves in service for the least of these, the oppressed, the orphan, the widow, the poor in spirit, the rich, the wealthy, the business leader, the person who just lost their job, the person who's broken from church. We seek to build bridges, not only as the care provider, but also as the ones who learn from our community. Does that make sense? Such a vastly huge part of our church. So part number one is what? One, two, three. Part number two is what? One, two, three. Part number three. Part number four. Now you never forget, right? And we've, we've put the language in the middle area and some stuff in the front. And before I transition to the next part of this, I just want to say thank you to Jordan, who, and who, yeah, and he had other people who helped him. Jordan basically created a lot of this and has been leading this for us. And this has been, this is so hard to give in one day because it's literally been stirring in the staff for six months. But the person who really brought it to life on the walls and help with the website, the website's redone. It has all our stuff on it now is Jordan. So I just want to say thank you, Jordan, everybody. And so, so why did I say all that? We knew that we needed to know our identity. Like as a human, the longer you don't know your identity, the, the, the more time you have to really sink your teeth into something that's not you. It's, it's the story of life. 
When you don't know who you are, you lock into something else. Whatever's popular around you, whatever pressure you're going to succumb to, you will be that, you become that, we all do it. Even in Christianity and in ministry, we are all this close to locking our teeth into something that is not us. So knowing who you are as a person in a church is massive. Jesus hears from his father, you are my son who I am well pleased, sent into the desert and then sent into ministry. Identity, desert, ministry. Identity first. So as humans, your identity is huge as a church. I think it's huge for us right now because we felt like he's been doing this for six months, but not just so that we can have a day where we talk about a logo and a website and pictures on walls, but because he has positioned us in Smyrna for what he would like us to do in ministry. Does that make sense? So all of this has been done for what's next. And so for a few moments before we take our picture, and we are going to end pretty early, I want you all to just close your eyes. In a few moments, I'm going to allow people space to share what they're sensing God's saying as we move forward. I ask up front for wisdom for the speaker who enjoys an open space to speak to make sure that it's actually about what we're talking about. This is an important thing for me in history. The body of Christ would share together. We don't believe that we should overprotect. We believe that we as a community hear from the Father. We believe that you are a part of this body as much as any person in this room. So I'm going to start by sharing the things that God has been stirring on my heart as we move forward, knowing who we are. And I'll just say this first, Father, to you. I thank you for doing this work because it's so important as humans and as the body of Christ to really know our identity is grounded in you. It starts with Jesus. It's dependent on you. But it's also important to know that as we begin to do ministry, that we're not competing with other churches. We're not competing with past churches. It's important to know that we all carry battle wounds in. We all have our opinions of churches that have hurt us, and some really have. And it's also important to know that we're all kind of figuring out how you feel about us individually and hopefully becoming like you in character and conduct because we're being formed, but that we so desperately need each other to remind us of those things as we do ministry, as not to perform or achieve or accomplish something you haven't led us to. We are a reliant people that know that you already have a plan, that you already have our next steps. I'm going to speak this over some of you right now. This isn't even about this church. Some of you are tense about decisions that you have to make because you feel like it's the end of the world if you don't. He is not in that same boat. He knows the next decisions. He's looking for dependency and reliance on him. The whole situation that you're in right now has nothing to do with making sure you do the right thing, has everything to do with the dependence on trusting him. Step back from the worry and anxiety. Place it at his feet as best you can, even if you have to involve others to help you know how to do that. Step back and trust God. He will make a way. And as a church, we collectively, we do the same. Father, this is what Sarah and I and my family will do with our lives. So it means so much to us to follow what you're doing and not what we're doing. If there are things that we have heard that we feel anxious about doing, 
or that we feel like we should do because we're supposed to, but it's not from you. In Jesus' name, I pray that you would relinquish those things from our minds and hearts. If there are things that we're driving into as families or people or this church because we're afraid, quench those fears, God. There is no fear in love. God, now let us look into and sink our teeth into the things that get us excited, the things that stirs passion in us, the things that tap into the giftedness within this body that when it unites does things that this body could never do. Help us to get excited in our identity, but help us to be reminded us like Jesus when he was tempted in the desert after knowing who he was, that our identity is firm and locked and our worth is settled and we are alive and living and breathing as children of God. We are blessed. We are chosen. We are forgiven. We are free. We are learning. We are broken. We are all these things, but we are yours. And I just pray right now. And I'm just going to ask, I'm going to walk you through kind of an imaginative prayer with your eyes closed. And the question is this, that Jesus would have us to ask. What is he leading us into? What are you thankful that he's leading us into? What are you anticipating to be a part of? What do you want to see the kingdom of God do in this community that brings such glory to Jesus' name that people fall back in love with him? What would draw attention to a saving Christ that sits with sinners, that turns his cheek, that doesn't boycott things, but that jumps deep into things to love people well that need it? What would draw us into loving our neighbor like the Jew had to learn how to love the Gentile? The fences that had to be torn down in that society. What fences is he asking us to tear down right now as a people? you speaking to us, Father? Lead us, Lord. And I'll just share with you my, what I felt like it was. Is I, I feel extreme excitement. I feel like he's called us to ministry and we're about to see the best part of what we've ever seen. I believe we're this close. And so for the next five, eight minutes, Entramika is going to walk around. If you feel like you have something to say that you want to share, this is one of those times. So the question is, what are you sensing God is leading us into? What are you excited to be a part of? If you just raise your hand so she knows where you're at, then we'll let her walk around. See Jason over there? Okay. All right. So, and in this setting, just for clarity, we do believe God speaks through the Holy Spirit to people specifically. Not to highlight any person is more important than anybody else in the room. Everyone is gifted. Um, everyone just gets to choose if they want to serve the community with it or build a reputation with it. So we want to serve the community with it. So if you have something to say, say it. Does that make sense? Amen. So during worship, you know, it's um, during worship, I usually am asking the Lord to let me see his face. Because from that place is... Um, it's easy to worship, especially for those of us that kind of come in with our hands in our pockets. Um, but what the image that I got was a little boy on a bike, and he was needing to, needing to ride. The training wheels were off, but, you know, he was scared. 
but then the voice of the Lord, and then, you know, I saw his face, and he said, just keep your eyes on me. And, and, the, and then we started to ride, and he just stayed there in front with his face looking at the boy on the bike. And so that was pretty powerful in the moment. But then, Josh, while you were speaking, um, the next image I had was Peter didn't know he was walking on water until he took his eyes off the Lord. And the key, is it couldn't be any more plain as the nose on my face, the, the identity in knowing that all you have to do is keep your eyes on the Lord. And you can walk on water. Amen. And Tariqa, he was, I think he was next, yeah. Say your name, actually, guys. That'll help be helpful. Yeah. What's up, y'all? I'm Ashley. So every time I've gone to pray about this over the last few months, you know, I felt like this was not as much about the actual space as it was about our identity as a church. I have absolutely not been connected to the process of definition that, that God has been imparting to you guys, but I sense that that was important because it's more about who we are um, that he's calling us to be. And as I, as I pray over all of these things, like I feel like this is not just about identity. I feel like these things are also protection. Because when he spells out, this is, these are the parameters and these are the good things that I have called you to live within, I feel like it's like protection because the world will try to grab every other piece of who we are. But if we make room for these things... Like, honestly, as I was hearing this, I felt like it was almost like a blessing or um, a rite of passage. When you have a bar mitzvah or a wedding, <laughs> in a bar mitzvah, it doesn't mean that just because this is the day that you know how to be a man overnight. It's like this is now the point at which I will progress towards who the Lord has called me to be. Mm. On the day of your wedding, it absolutely does not mean that you know everything about being married. But it is like, this is the day that I will now progress towards learning how to love well and learning how to understand that picture of who God is. Amen. So I'm just going to pray real quick. It's okay. Um, Lord, I thank you for you giving us parameters for the things that you're calling us to grow in. Lord, I know I struggle with every single one of these things up here. And all of these things, Lord, are a battle for our identity when the culture that we're in pulls on so many other things. Lord, I pray that you would give us the grace and wisdom as a congregation to actually grow in these things personally. Lord, that it's not just that this comes from leadership, but Lord, that it comes for the rest of us to now start growing in who you've called us to be individually and together. Just a heads up to... We've told Katie and them to go ahead and start bringing the kids in here because the picture will be taken in here in a minute. So if you have a child delivered to you that's not yours, just let them know so they can get them to the right parents. Uh, I believe this is the right time to share this. Uh, I've got three adult children. Two of them are not here, but one of them's here sitting in the front. And uh, uh, 
when he was born, we got his name, of course, from the book of Joshua. And the first chapter is the verse that I've been speaking over him probably for 41 or pushing that many, even when he was uh, not here yet, but he was here. And it's be strong and courageous. It says very courageous. And God, uh, I believe, stepping us into a season uh, now that, that I want to pray this over. I've been praying it for Josh, but I believe it's for us as a community that this is a season that God is going to give us the strength to be strong. Not our strong, it's the, the deutimus, the power of God is going to be over each one of us to step into the things that we're called to. And we're going to be courageous like a lion that comes in the room like Jesus. And he's going to give us strength for the things we're walking through. And I prayed this over my children, that they would come to know the Lord at an early age. And you've heard his testimony, and I've got three kids that have testimonies. You know, the Lord showed me his life when I was, when he was five weeks old, and he showed the same for the other two when they were a little older. And he gave me the highlights of his life, and this is one of them today. This is one of them. There were some lowlights, and he talks about that all, but God is resurrecting life. And we started a new, and his mother's here too, we started a new family, a new generation for Christianity in my family because we didn't really have strong Christian roots. But now, over my grandkids, I have two here. We're going to break through and touch our kids, our grandkids. And I want to pray that if that's okay. Lord, I thank you that you've given us a strength from the Holy Spirit. You've given us power. And Lord, I thank you that you're imparting courage over the families, over the parents, over the grandparents. That we can speak forth life over our children, over our grandchildren over our husbands and our wives, over the people that we're involved in, that this will be the new generation, not of church, but about you, Lord. The Holy Spirit will come and invade us with your power, Lord, always loving you, Lord, always knowing that it's about love and not about us. Let us die to our selfishness. Let us die to the things that we think make us happy, Lord. Come invade this church that we can go and do what you've called us to do. This is that time, Lord, that I believe you've brought to this church today. After today, the power of God will ignite us as a body as we hold hands together in the future. Even while we take a picture, God's power is going to overshadow us and give us the strength to go and be the people of God as a group, a community that comes and joins together and changes lives because you changed ours. Let us go and be that witness, Lord. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? Okay. So well, well, for uh, sake of time, everybody, as yep. you as you share, make because um, a lot of, there's a lot of hands that just got rose. Make them maybe thirty seconds or so, and then we can keep passing around. Okay, so I would not have shared except that he literally just confirmed what the Lord just spoke to me, which is pretty Amen. cool. So you said identity, wilderness, ministry. At each point, that analogy, that allegory, all throughout biblical histories involved the crossing of water. So the movement of Israel out of Egypt crossing the Red Sea. 
and the movement of Israel into the wilderness, there is an identity that is established even in the wilderness because through the bread of life, through the manna, through the daily serving of the bread of life, we learn who we are. And then the next step from that is the crossing of the Jordan into the promised land, which this has been a theme in our life in the last two years. But in that crossing, it's not about release or relief from the suffering in the wilderness, but it's about increased responsibility and partnership with Jesus. So I just want to just read this really quickly because I literally opened this up and Ken literally read it as I was reading it. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. This is from Joshua 1. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And then that's when um, Joshua orders them to prepare to cross the Jordan. So this is Amen. <laughs> Thank you. Bunch of people over here. Section by section. So I'm going to go here, here, and then here to keep cool. it organized. Mine will be 30 seconds because I hate talking. Um, just really quickly, this song that has really spoken to me so much um, this past year is Sovereign Over Us. He is Sovereign Over Us, and he will take what the enemy means for evil and turn it for our good. And so even um, right now, as I am so, so broken, I actually, because of River City, have excitement over um, that I can actually, um, one thing that I've really loved is the carriage house ministry. And so I just am really excited about just an opportunity to, to maybe even serve there. So it just, Amen. because of the church and the family and um, just have some excitement in my brokenness. So I think that's cool. Thanks, Becky. Well, I'm, I'm going to keep this short, uh, but um, River City... Um, you, Pastor Josh, uh, all of the ministry has, you preached a message about the bread king that changed my perspective about so much. Um, my church history and my pastor that I grew up with died last week. And it was very hard, but I feel it was a breaking of so many things that I've learned being here just being free and um, in healing. I've been healed in this church. I've lost my cane at least five times in this church. And last week, I left my cane on the bus. And it was like God saying, let it go. If you're Amen. healed, you're healed. And learn something in one night I had never known. And that's when the healing really progressed. And I'm so thankful for the liberty of this church. Real quick, um, more so than I think anybody, I am Smyrna. And I have my finger on the pulse of 
of the city. John attests to things, how I used to work. Um, there's a changing in the way Smyrna is built now, going from the old things. Now it's becoming a young, a, a young professional, people yeah. just starting uh, families and things yeah. of that sort. And in the Bible where it talks about pouring new wine in the old wineskins, it's almost in reverse because now they're trying to pour old wine into new wineskins. The city is waiting for a church just like this. They're tired of the spirit rituals of being spiritual, um, but they're waiting. They've been waiting for a church, young people, young and old, who can come and be filled, be led, be healed, uh, any kind of sickness, heartbrokenness. But saying all that to say is the time is now for a church such as this in Smyrna as it is in heaven. Um, every time I pray for the church, my name is Paul, by the way, every time I pray for the church, um, I guess the common theme that I come up with right now is that there is no common theme. Um, God always has me in some different area praying for something else. And I think that, I believe that this church is so multifaceted, it can be whatever it needs to be for whatever person it comes across um, through the four things that we're about. Um, I think those four things don't create a face, but they can take on a face if necessary for whatever reaching yeah. needs to happen. And um, so I guess that's been my biggest thing of prayer that no matter what set of eyes come across this church, no matter what set of ears come across this church, we are what they need to receive from God what they need to receive. Amen. And I, I think that's the movement. So, Amen. Amen. Thanks, Paul. Good morning, Demarius Jackson. Um, I spoke to my wife last year and told her that God had given me a word at the end of 2017. The 2018 was going to be the year of transition for the body of Christ, that God is getting ready to move and position his people into places where he can get the glory. So look forward to getting promotions at your job, being promoted and being positioned so that you can um, give God the glory. Uh, River City Church, as the, the logo has been uh, transitioned today to a new um, look, God is getting ready to do something special through this ministry. So uh, hold on and get ready. Wherever God moves you, know that he's putting you there for his glory and for his purpose. Name's Justin. I uh, was praying this morning for uh, this, uh, you know, space and all that stuff. And the word the Lord gave me today, which I've never heard over this church, which I don't know why. But anyways, just heard reconciliation. Yeah. And um, it's, it's, it's all over. You know, it's such a wide thing. But I've heard. In my, you know, because this is mine and Ali's heart is reconciliation between races, and I know that's a huge part of this. But as you go deeper, it's really about letting people know that when Jesus died, he reconciled this entire world back to himself. And that's good news that so many of us don't know that we have a good Papa who's already reconciled us, and all we got to do is say, Thank you, Papa, and accept that. So, anyways. Hey everyone, uh, my name is So Chill, and um, awesome I, I don't, I'm just really overwhelmed right now with um, the Lord because I feel like I'm a part-time attendee. Um, I actually live in Carrollton and commute every now and then to visit my fiance. But um, so God has said two specific things to me, 
And the first time that he spoke to me was when we divided up and prayed for this church into different sections. And he called me to be a part of the, the center group, which was about um, the people, the church, and the community. And when we were praying, I was so mad at myself because I didn't speak out that day because I remember they were saying to talk. And that day I had just a vivid, just clear picture of children who were growing, but they were stuck in adolescence. And to me, that was showing that, and, and God was standing with them, and I felt like it was because they weren't growing and developing into an adult because they were afraid, um, and they weren't um, living up to the potential because they were just stuck in that middle stage where they were just not challenging themselves and they were not maturing. And I felt today that he was saying a similar thing um, because the words that just kept speaking out to me were courage and be uh, strong in, in your identity and, and I'm here with you. And I feel like what he's saying to this church body is that there, there is many, many, many of you who have been stuck, uh, not stuck, but I feel like you came into this church to get healing. And I feel like you came into this church because you needed something. And I feel like with, with these words of transition, he's trying to transition us into this adulthood of matureness um, and starting to serve. And the second picture that I got today when we were praying was a plate of bread that was being passed down and passed down to thousands and thousands of people. And everyone was grabbing a piece and that there was enough. And so to me, I feel like. God is telling each and every one of you to not be afraid that you all have gifts that can be contributed into this church, that you should not allow fear to hinder that gift to be um, given to other people who are needing it in this community. So my prayer to all of you and in, even to myself, because I feel like this is taking a lot for me, um, when he started talking about courage, God just told me, he's like, you need to be courageous today and speak and let everyone else know in this body because they need to hear that today too. So. Um, Praying for all of you, praying for this body, because I'm super excited to see what happens, but it's not going to happen until you own your identity in Christ, you own your strengths, and stop forgetting about your weakness, and stop focusing on your strengths and contributing that to the church, because with that, that's when the growth is truly going to happen. Everybody? Any more? Uh, mine actually kind of connects. I'm Emily, um, but mine actually connects... Um, <laughs> Um, probably over a year ago, I got a picture of, during worship, um, of this room just being like a hospital room and people just being gurneyed in um, with like broken limbs. It's really extreme, but broken limbs and um, broken hearts and um, almost like ashamed of their brokenness um, and their wounds. Um, but as a body, we came together and those who have been in the same situations were tending to those who are being gurneyed in. Um, and much like the kingship book, um, how that gang member was ashamed of his wounds and wore four t-shirts and finally was able to let go of that. Um, just for like the living and love part, like um, not being ashamed of our wounds so we can help other people um, go through their own journey of so being healed. So. Thanks, Emily. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So I want to say this about that. So if you're like me, the kind of churches you came from, that setting probably created a lot of tension in you. I'll just encourage you in this. We should become more comfortable with these kind of things. This is the body of Christ, right? This is how the conversations, the, the people together. So I just want to say thank you for sitting through that. If any of you left and got out of here, 
See if you can notice who's getting cars. That's okay. Um, but we're going to take a picture right after I pray. I want you to hold the hand of someone next to you. And there's no pressure for you in this prayer to add more to it than needs to be added. You're a human that loves Jesus and that's asking him. And when we do that together, he's faithful and he will. Anything that we pray that is in his will, we're going to get if it's in his will. So, Father, we unite together and we just say, we just say, Thank you for creating a body that wants to follow you. Thank you for people who spoke. I even sense the energy and passion. I feel and sense you calling us to ministry, but not the kind of ministry that burns people out and causes them to do dumb things because they didn't, but the kind that helps people come alive, where there's enough bread left over for everyone, where there's late family dinners because people are sharing and crying together, where we worship together, where we mourn together, where when somebody's sick in the hospital, too many people showed up to be there, not just the pastor, where we are with one another, where we listen to stories, where we stop judging, where we create space, God, form us. And like Demarius said, I look forward to crazy things happening, God. I want to follow you into this adventure, and it's going to be beautiful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.